0: To your name, you're welcome you're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome. Glory to God. Come on, come on, come on, don't be afraid of it. Come on, come on, So, I'm a man, Sing it. Holy Spirit.
1: about except the baptism in the Holy Ghost on Pentecost Sunday. And I just want to dig into the word a bit and give you an insight to what Pentecostalism stands for and what it's all about. John 7:37 says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, Saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing on him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. After you accept Jesus Christ, after you have turned away from a life of sin and unrighteousness, God has in store for you the most blessed experience available to men. That experience is the baptism in the Holy Spirit are the Holy Ghost. Both titles refer to the same person and mean the same thing. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the Holy Spirit. If you are saved, the Holy Spirit has already played a vital role in your life. But it was the Holy Spirit that bore witness to the truth of the gospel when you first really, really heard it. It was the Holy Spirit that brought conviction on you. The Holy Spirit that revealed to you your guilt before God and your need for salvation. You're justified by faith in Jesus Christ who bore our sins to the cross and imputes to us his righteousness. gives us the right and the authority of becoming sons and daughters of God. But it is the Holy Spirit that regenerates us, that imparts new life to the believer. For the Bible says in John 3, 5, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you are born of the water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And Jesus said in John six sixty three. It is the Spirit that gives life. The Holy Spirit implants the nature and the life of Jesus in the believer. He sets the believer free from the law of sin and death and enables the believer to fulfill the righteousness of God. The Holy Ghost confirms to us the completed work of salvation. When you were really saved, you didn't need anybody to tell you. The Holy Spirit let you know that your life had been transformed. Romans 8 and 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but after the spirit. And finally, Romans eight sixteen says, for the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. But to know the working of the spirit in salvation and in regeneration only is to know the spirit in a measure. It was our A. Torah who said, A man may be regenerated by the Holy Spirit and still not be baptized with the Holy Spirit. For in regeneration, there's an impartation of life. And the one who receives it is saved. But in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's an impartation of power. And the one who receives it is fitted for service. Can I teach you a little bit today? Jesus said in John 14:16, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. As your neighbor, do you need a helper? Verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. They knew the Holy Spirit, but they were not filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was with them and even in them in a measure, but not in the fullness. And I want you to know the Spirit has been received and dispensed in varying portions and measures down through history. In Numbers 11 and 17, we read of the Mosaic portion where Moses, where the Lord told Moses, I will come down. And talk to you there. And I will take of the spirit that is upon you. And will put the same upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you. No greater blessing for a pastor to have spirit-filled folk around him. To bear the burden of the people. That you may not bear it yourself alone. Verse 25. Then the Lord came down in the cloud. And spoke to him. Took of the spirit that was upon him and placed it upon the 70 elders. And it happened when the Spirit rested upon them. They prophesied. When the Spirit rests upon you, something has got to happen. Come on, tell your neighbor, when the Spirit rests upon you, something has got to happen. Moses was adequately empowered for the task. When these 70 elders were called to share his responsibility, they were given a measure of the spirit that was upon Moses. Then in 2 Kings 2, 9, read about the Elisha portion of the spirit. Verse 9 says, and so it was, when they had crossed over, that Elisha said to Elisha, ask what I may do for you when I am taken away from you. And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be Upon me, and Elijah said, "You've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken away, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so." But God honored Elijah's word and granted Elisha a double portion of the Spirit. John the Baptist received an Elijah portion of the Spirit. For in Luke 1:15, the Bible says, "For he will be great." in the sight of God shall drink neither wine nor strong drink that's good advice he shall also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb he'll turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God and he'll go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord John the Baptist, who received that special portion of the Spirit, speaks regarding Jesus and says in John 3, 34, For he whom God hath sent, speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. John the Baptist was talking about Jesus, and he said that God did not give the Spirit by a measure unto Jesus, Verse 35, for the Father loves the Son and has given all things unto his hand. In other words, when it came to Jesus, God threw away the measuring cup and gave the fullness of the Spirit. Thus Jesus could say in Luke four eighteen, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has noted me to preach the gospel to the poor and he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord Jesus did these things because the spirit of the Lord was upon him and if Jesus needed the Holy Ghost how much more we need the Holy Ghost than this time tell your neighbor we need the Holy Ghost say to the brother on the other side we need the Holy Ghost Luke 4 and 1 says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, are you with me? Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was filled, he was led. Luke 4 and 14, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit, And news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region. So Jesus did these great works through the fullness of the Holy Ghost that was in his life. Lift that hand and say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Throughout the Bible, responsibility for the great works of great men of God and great women of God is attributed to the Holy Ghost. Jesus knew that his followers down through history, would need the power of the spirit to do the work that would be their work to do. If we're to win men to Jesus, it's only going to be through the power of the Holy Ghost. Paul said in Ephesians six twelve, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places, and Paul said again in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We need the power and the might of the Holy Ghost and you might not realize it but the devil is launching an unprecedented attack against believers and against the church and if we're to withstand the attack and do the work of God and the work of the church in the world today we're going to have to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost give God some praise in the name of Jesus now the prophet Joel had already promised that the day would come when the Holy Ghost would be poured out rather than given in portions and in measures. Prophet Joel chapter 2 verse 28 says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions, and upon my men servants and maid servants will I pour out my spirit in those days. So the day is coming, and we're living in the dispensation of the pouring out of the Spirit of God on the lives of God's people. And so Jesus then clarifies the theme in the Gospel of John, chapter 7 and verse 37. For the Bible says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. Are there any thirsty people in the house of the Lord? He did not say, Come to me and wait. Come to me and beg. He just, Come to me and drink. When I used to go to Mama's house, I'd I'd walk in Mama's house. I'd been bad and moved out. But when I went back to Mama's house... I didn't ask anybody anything. I just went in the refrigerator and whatever was there, punch water, lemonade, I'd drink it and dare anybody to say anything about it because that was my mama's house. We are in our father's house. And whatever you want, come in and drink of the spirit. Receive of the power of God in the name of Jesus. Come on, give God some glory. Wholeheartedly receive the fullness and the wholeness And the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus said, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, not the way you want to believe, not the way you heard somebody else say they believe, but totally accept the word of God about Jesus and the will of God about Jesus. He said, when you accept Jesus, come to him and drink out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. That meant the Holy Ghost will be in you. The Holy Ghost will be around you. The Holy Ghost will flow out of you. Sounds like the baptism, of submersion in the Holy Ghost. That's what we need. We need so much power flowing out of us that it'll be like a river to everybody who is around us. Lift your hand and say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Say it again, Lord, I need your power. I need your anointing. In the name of Jesus and then verse 39 goes on to say but this he spake concerning the spirit that those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified that implies that when Jesus was glorified and when he had ascended back to heaven the Holy Ghost was given the Holy Ghost was sent once and for all into the earth and he only now needs to be received by faith. You don't have to wait for the Holy Ghost to come all the way from heaven down to the earth. The Holy Ghost is already here. The Holy Ghost is already yours and all you need to do is receive it by faith. Tell two people, receive it by faith. Receive it by faith. Receive it by faith. The baptism in the Holy Ghost it's not the same thing as being born again. That is not the same thing as being born again. There are many scriptures that point this out, but let's refer to one or two of those scriptures. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 5, Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ to them. But the Bible says in verse 12, when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. These folk were saved. Philip did not baptize folk who were not saved. Ethiopian eunuch asked, here's water, what hinders me from being baptized? Philip told him, if you believe with all your heart, you may be baptized. And so Philip baptized believers. The Bible says in Romans 10 and 9, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. There's no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same is Lord over all, is rich to all who call on him, for whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So these folk were saved. Were they saved? Yes, but they were not yet baptized in the Spirit. But Acts 8:14 continues. Look at your name and say, let's read a little bit more. For the Bible says, now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them, what? That they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them. They'd only been baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. So, let's go a little bit further. Let's go to Acts 19 and verse 1. Paul was on a missionary visit to the city of Ephesus. And the Bible says, finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And apparently, Paul noticed something about their manner and worship that caused him some concern, something seemed to be missing in the way they were having church. It must have been a coldness, must have been a deadness that caused Paul to be concerned. So asked them, let me ask you, what were you baptized unto? And they said, unto John's baptism. They were not even saved, they were not yet Christians, they were disciples of John. But in verse four, listen to this, Paul said, John indeed baptized, The baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. They repented, and now they believed on Jesus Christ. And then they were saved. And then in verse 6, when Paul laid hands on them, then the Spirit came upon them and they spake with tongues, and they prophesied. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is a definite experience that you can know you have received. Come on, tell your neighbor, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is a definite experience that you can know you have received. I wish I had a church praying for me today. In Caesarea, Acts 10, 46, they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God and of course on the day of Pentecost Acts 2 4 the disciples were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance for the New Testament church tongues were a sign of the reception of the Holy Ghost am I still in a Pentecostal church we believe that when the Holy Ghost is received as it was received on the day of Pentecost, that baptism will be accompanied by speaking with other tongues. In other words, if you get it like they got it on the day of Pentecost, then you'll speak in tongues. It be a different matter now if God was no longer enabling people to speak in the language of the Holy Spirit. But how many of you know God's still doing it? God's still enabling folks to speak in other tongues. Are there any baptized tongue speaking Holy Ghost-filled folk in the house today? Come on, give praise to God. Give praise to God. If speaking in tongues was good then, it's good now. What God does is good. I want everything God is passing out. Come on, help me now. I want everything that God is passing out. If he's passing out tongues, if he's passing out the Holy Ghost, I want it in the fullness. My prayer is, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your power. Let the anointing of your life be on me. Come on, lift those hands up, and Lord, I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. When the tongues are absent, then spiritual worship and miracles and gifts are also frequently absent. One who teaches you how to worship in the Holy Ghost is the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost to worship. You need the Holy Ghost to pray. You need the Holy Ghost to live right. It's called Holy Ghost. You can't be holy without the pep and power of the Spirit. We need the Spirit of the Holy Ghost at work in our lives. Have you ever picked up a phone that had a fax or a computer at the other end of the line? You only heard beeps and you only heard cracks and noises that you could not understand because it takes another computer to understand what a computer is talking about. And when the devil hears the believer speaking in other tongues, he can't figure out what's going on. He can't even pry in on the conversation because you're speaking in a tongue that's known to God and to the anointed people of the Lord. Come on, clap your hands and praise the Lord. Lord, help me preach today. Lord, help me preach today. This is how the Bible teaches in Jude 1 and 20, chapter 1 and verse 20. But you will love, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you're going to need the Holy Ghost power in your prayer. It will build you up and give you strength Some of you are weak. Some of you have no power, but the reason you're weak and the reason your power is waning away is because you haven't been built up in the Holy Ghost. But when the Holy Ghost comes in, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Then you're built up and you're strengthened, praying in the Holy Ghost. And the power of the Lord has a way of showing up. Come on, raise your hand and say, show up, Holy Ghost. Show up and show out perform your miracle working power in the lives of God's people. How many of you know you need to be filled? Need to be filled. Jesus would never have said so much about it if we did not need it. As a matter of fact he did not make it an optional matter. He commanded his followers receive ye the Holy Ghost. John 20 and 22 he commanded his followers To receive the Holy Ghost. And again in Luke 24 and 49. He said, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Wait until you get the power. Wait until the anointing of God is on your life. To be endued is to be clothed. And to be unclothed is to be naked. And to be naked means at least that you have been born. But the first thing parents do is when the baby is born, they wash him and they endue him with clothing. And the Lord wants you being born again to be clothed with the power and the anointing of the Spirit. Clothing will protect you in a variety of ways. And the Holy Ghost will protect you and enable you to live and to walk across the face of the earth with the anointing of God on your life. Hallelujah. And so John 15 and verse 26 says, when the helper is come, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth that proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And again in John 16 and 7, Said, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. But Jesus said, if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he shall come, he'll convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And in 1 Corinthians 12 and 7, the Bible says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. To one is given the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, to another faith, to another the gift of healing, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works in all these things. Hallelujah. So the Holy Ghost enables us to function and to work as children of God. And to end, do and to bless others with the anointing and the power of the miracles of God in their lives. And so we need the Holy Ghost. I said we need the Holy Ghost. I wish I had somebody who knew that we need the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power. Acts 1 and 8 when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem in Judea out of the uttermost part of the earth you shall receive power anybody want power Lord send the power send your presence send your anointing on my soul come on praise him Come on, praise Him. And my Bible says in Matthew 5 and 6 Blessed are those blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Said after me, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall they shall Be filled. Are there any hungry people in the house of God today? Are there any thirsty folk in God's house? Lord, I'm hungry. Lord, I'm thirsty. I want the presence of your Spirit in my life. I've got to have the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Can't make it without it. I need it on the job. I need it as I go to and fro. I need it to be a father. I need it to be a husband. I need it to be a saint. I need it to do your work on the earth. Lord, fill me. Oh Lord. Hallelujah. I need the Holy Ghost. If you want the Holy Ghost. You've got to realize four things number one you've got to realize that jesus is the baptizer john the baptist said he shall baptize you with the holy ghost and with fire tell your neighbor jesus is the baptizer jesus is also the savior and if he saves us just for the asking he'll baptize you just for the asking so ask for it it's yours it's set aside for you the holy ghost has been sent into the earth we don't have to wait for it or even tarry for it all we have to do is praise god that is ours and receive it by faith shake hands with three people and tell them receive it by faith stand up and praise it Stand up and magnify Him. Yes. Da 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 So go. Hallelujah. Come on, tell Him I receive it. I receive it by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, the Holy Ghost is yours. You can have it right now. He's here. He's here. He's in the room. Jesus said, as I've been ascended to the Father in heaven, I'm going to send you another comforter. Tell somebody the comforter is here right now. Every time you move, you move the Holy Ghost. Every time you lift your hand, you touch the Holy Ghost. He's here. Ooh. Oh, praise his name. Oh, praise his name. Oh, praise his name. Oh, praise his name. Hallelujah. Jesus is the baptizer. The Holy Ghost is here right now. The promise is unto you. Tell your neighbor the promise is unto you. Jesus said, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you raise your hand and say Lord you promise you promise me the Holy Ghost oh Lord you promise to fill me with your power God promised it if God promised it God will do it God will perform it tell him Lord you promise I receive it in the name of the Lord Giving glory, giving praise. It's the promise. It's the promise. It's the promise. You can step out on the promise of the Lord. Praise him. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. That's the fourth thing you've got to do. Or the third thing you've got to do, it's yours by faith. Tell your neighbor it's yours by faith. Faith takes action and moves into a world that cannot be seen with the natural eye or touch with the natural hand. Faith reaches out and takes hold of the promise of God. And you receive the Holy Ghost by faith if God promised it if God sent it the Holy Ghost is here right now I step into it and I receive it in the name of Jesus hallelujah Last thing I want to say not only do you receive it hallelujah by faith you receive it by praise when you praise God for what he has done and praise God for what he has promised and the promises fulfilled in your life today and we've got the choir praising the lord we've got the musicians praising the lord but i appoint you as the committee of one have church all by yourself pretend that you're the only one that's here pretend you've got to be the song leader and the praise leader and the musician and the choir pretend that it's just you because the Holy Ghost is for you. The Holy Ghost is for you right now. And so have church all by yourself. You praise Him. You worship Him. You glorify Him. You thank Him for the Holy Ghost. You give Him glory all by yourself. Come on and praise Him. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh yes, it's you Hallelujah The Lord inhabits The Lord inhabits The praises of his people The Lord shows up When his people pray We enter the gate with thanksgiving We enter the court with praise Be thankful unto him And bless his name Bless his name Bless his name. Hallelujah. You praise him. You worship him. You magnify him. You say the prayer. You say the praise. Lift up your hands. It's up to you. If you want it, you can have it now. If you're praising, if you're praising, God inhabits, God inhabits the praises of his people. When you praise him, he walks right in. He sets right down. And he blesses you in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hand. Give him praise. Oh, praise. Him. It's, your, it's yours! It's yours! It's da, yours! Da, 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 da. Stand up and praising. Stand up and praise Him! Stand up and praise Him! Stand up and praise Him! Give Him glory! Give Him glory! Give Him glory! Yes. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Don't Hallelujah. stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. You praise Him. You magnify Him. You give Him glory. You give Him honor. He'll show up. He will show up. Thank you, Lord. 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 Come on, Sister Judy. Receive it, receive it.